0: Welcome to the Compass
1: Conversations podcast. We're a community of professional peers who love learning with and from each other. In other words, we choose collaboration over competition. Every conversation here is organic. Even the opening topic isn't settled until five minutes before we hit record. And the rest is riffing off of each other's brilliance. Thanks for hanging out with us in a new paradigm of learning, teaching, and expansion, where presence and non-competitive conversation create the space to learn without having to be schooled. Please visit compassconversations.com to discover more about this peer community and to include yourself as a sponsor.
2: So welcome everybody to our meeting here, and it's, you know, it's always so beautiful to meet with everyone from this group, and I'm going to read a little in opening invocation to get us started. We enjoy these conversations from our shared sense of connection, camaraderie, and love. Living, learning, and leading by example, this community of peers is curious to learn from and with one another willing to explore together, honoring everyone we serve, acknowledging the interspecies family on this planet while lovingly including ourselves in the family of life from the heart and for the heart. So today we get to enjoy a conversation with uh, Zuki Baxter, Barbara Schulter, Christine Dixon, Jane Pike, uh, and me as a moderator, Carla Bauchmuller, and we want to keep this very fluid like a fluid conversation so christine had a beautiful idea of what we we want to share talk and share about christine you, do you want to get started on that sure
1: i i had mentioned that usually when we talk about subjects of what i'm interested in it, it kind of comes back to what i'm personally experiencing in my own life and right now it's the idea of we've been sold this idea that happiness is the pinnacle of what life is about and if you're not happy if things in life aren't perfect then somehow that's a failure on your part and I don't think that's realistic at all about life. life is not meant to be happy all the time it's it's meant to have mountains to climb hills and valleys and and all a, rich tapestry of feelings and experiences that make up a life. And I think that checking in and seeing where, what is it in you that, what, what filter do things go through? Like for me, I'm always doing that. (laughs) right? Like it's, Hmm, why did I do that? Why did I feel that? Why did I think that? And, you know, uh, personally, my son went into the military this, this week and we're not really a military family. I've not really, we don't know a lot about that and we're really close. And it was, it was a very bittersweet, painful and beautiful thing at the same time. So I kept experiencing this thing that was like heartbreaking and so exciting. Cause it's his dream to fly helicopters in the military. That's his dream. He's how he's had. So And owning that. And I'll tell you what, we had this beautiful moment in the car where we were driving, and my daughter played this like very chanty, beautiful song. And it, I mean, this may be really woo woo, but (laughs) it literally felt like nobody was talking. We were just, we had all been crying together and all together. And it was like our spirits were just melding and swirling and, and, and i thought like yes this is like birthed through pain but this is like this is what it's all about right having these moments and sometimes pain is the way we're introduced to them but if i if we judged it and we just got stuck we might miss those those moments anyway that was that was what made me think of this
2: this topic yeah yeah, beautiful. right? it's the the connection that we are creating as as p as humans, right? And is it just um, connection through happiness and all smiley, or is it connection on that level through pain, where it's um where it might be might bring some more depths too, right? Depths of that connection. Yeah. So, what are what are the thoughts about this?
3: Um, I can jump in and say that. I what bring what that brings up for me is the contentious relationship that I have with positive thinking and positive psychology. Um, specifically around the impetus to always find gratitude in every situation, which I think can be incredibly valuable. And I think what I'm hearing from your experience is a sense of um, I don't know if it's gratitude, but appreciation maybe for um, you know, the the challenge and the, the navigating something that's really difficult. Um, but I think a lot of times that gets oversimplified to be like, just Pollyanna, just look at the good stuff. And if you're feeling bad, judge that, shove it down. Um, don't feel that which we know doesn't work. (laughs) We can't suppress our, you know, we cannot choose emotions to suppress. Um, and I, I think that contributes, it's it's almost like by reaching for that brass ring of happiness and always feeling happy, we almost make ourselves more unhappy in the process by oppressing or, uh, you know, suppressing our ability to feel the breadth of the human experience. And uh, there's been a line from Ida Rolf's work. I don't think she came up with this idea, but it's where I was first exposed to it. Um, my initial training was in Rolfing body work. And so I, I studied Ida Rolf's work and she would talk about, you know, specifically with bodies. Um, this was in the seventies and, and I guess it was in the seventies because she, I think she passed away in the seventies, but the drive to overtrain the body, to perfect the physical body through muscular development, through physique. Um, and I just remember this passage. I mean, this is 20 years ago that I read this book, but it stuck with me, where she was like, Are we trying to make a perfect human? Or can we explore? And I'm paraphrasing, it was, it was basically the concept of can we explore a more human use of human beings? And her pathway into that was through embodiment. Um, and when I look at sort of psychology and personal development, as it is in popular culture, that phrase filters in for me. And I guess I have the question of how can we be more human? And I think that accepting all of our experiences of life as part of life is an aspect of that.
2: Yeah, any, any thoughts on that? Barbara, you look like you've you've got something to say about this. (laughs) Um,
4: Well, I think that when it comes to talking about emotions and our experiences, first of all, it's so, and this is just how it is, it comes through our own filter of how we each perceive that. And I think and i agree with what christine and suki said i guess what i would add to that and this is just a, a personal um approach that i have in in my life and a lot in in the work that i do is that you take or uh, the path for some of the richest experiences and learning in our life is through the pain. And I can say that in the passing of our son, that there is nothing in my life that caused me to feel more like I have, I always describe it like one leg in the physical earth and one leg in the spiritual because of that, just that thing, seeing him, how I felt, being with him. And to me, I always want to look for the gift or the lesson. And and I don't want to suppress, and I don't really like negative positive, really. I don't want to suppress the negative because that would be like silly. It would be like a Obviously our lives are full of all kinds of emotions and I like personally to sit with when I feel really uncomfortable. My favorite thing to do is to really sit with it. I think it's someone told me once it's like a Hindu Buddhist or something, um, uh, practice and kind of let it just see what happens and like, let it move through me or decide what I want to do with it. Whether I I just had a weird experience this morning, our house got um, flooded with a hot water heater and I'm dealing with my husband's thoughts about the reconstruction, the contractor's thoughts, the insurance company, you know, my own, you know, just different things. And I was feeling like really uncomfortable. And so I just kind of spent some time and I didn't get rid of the discomfort, but I I personally like, and Brene Brown talks about, um, that some of the most beautiful things are in our vulnerability and in being so human. And what I like to do with that, it's not that I feel like my life should just be all rainbows and um, unicorns but I personally like to take whatever I can the gift from it and put it into my life and then really appreciate as much as I can the joyful happy moments does that make sense so it's like Christine's I mean, to me, what you were just saying about the chanting and, you know, the mixture of that and your son leaving and the tears, I mean, that's the rich part of it, you know, like you would never want to not have that or pretend like, I mean, that's, that's it. Um, And I'm sure you still feel sad or whatever you feel about his, his, when Zane died, it was like I had this thing that I had to put on waiting boots and like walk through the pain. You know, like I just had, it's like I had this big lake of heavy mud with like fishing waiter boots. That was my vision. And then I would get to the other side and not that I'd be free of all the pain, but I would have experienced that for all the Good things and I even wrote a little book about it of all the gifts of that experience so anyway that's how I see it and I think a lot of times people that's what I was saying in the beginning is that we have our own of course we do feelings about happy or not happy and to me it's kind of how we all how we choose to experience our lives which is part pain, part joy, and all the things in between. And I just like to personally, and, you know, in my teaching of performance, um, or of just being like, say, with our horses, this getting still and breathing and being in the moment, and those kinds of things, you know, that we can do that. So, sorry, I kind of went... Yeah.
2: No, 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 that's that's beautiful that's that's really beautiful, uh, Barbara. And you know what I also hear you say is that with the depths of the feeling of the grief and all of that, uh you are also able to experience joy in a more intense way right it's like kind of allowing the pendulum to swing more to one side and also then allowing it to swing the other way so so that it is the richer experience as um Christian Suki was saying as well. Yeah, Jane. What are your thoughts?
0: Oh, my thoughts is I feel like I want to sit in a big armchair and just listen to everyone else talk because it's all such a lovely conversation. Um, you know, I think that you don't we're, get to
4: do that, Jane.
0: I know, I know. But I, we're we're pinpointing ourselves as within our individual experience, also as far as the. Obsession somewhat with happiness in our society, but it it is a cultural product that we are, um, conditioned within, I believe as well. And, and, and we may not give enough credence or recognition to the forces that are around us, which have, um, led us to believe that, you know, happiness island is the place that we're supposed to land on and that anything else outside of that is somehow a personal failing. And, For me, what I love to explore um, and to consider is that and where so much of my, you know, what so much of my own personal work and professional work revolves around is the ability to turn towards life, like is the ability to be in the reality of the moment, even if the reality isn't that great right now. Like I I would rather be real and be here than be in a falsity. Um, And I acknowledge and completely understand why some people choose not to be in that because life is big and it is hard. And there's stuff that comes up that, you know, globally on the macro and on the micro that you think, wow, like, where do I even start with this? Right. Like, where do I even start? But I keep reminding myself that I, this is the choice that I've made that I want to be in this. But even if I don't have the answers, and I'm not supposed to have the answers. I still want to be looking at it for what it is rather than what I would like it to be. Um, because from that place, then you're empowered to, to do something about it, right? Like you can, you can go to the next place or you can just be with what needs to be in that moment. Um, the duality as well, like in duality is even imperfect because it's, three or four or five, like the coexistence of many different elements at once, like the coexistence that we can be happy and we can also be devastated and we can also be heartbroken. Like those things can exist all at the same time. And one doesn't negate the presence of the other. Um, and there's a, a poem by Mary Oliver, just like part of a poem, which I always recite to myself. Um, cause I love that bringing in kind of artistic elements of inspiration and, um, and she writes that you do not have to be good. you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk through the desert for a hundred miles on your knees repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. And to me, it's so beautiful, I just think, as long as I just keep loving what i what I love and moving towards that and staying open to, What it is that I'm being presented with, I don't have to have the answers. I just have to be here, Um, and for as long as I'm willing to be here, then I'm willing to figure it out. (laughs) So that's kind
4: of what I come back to in a very abstract way. I think I really love what you said, um, Jane, because well, when I did the TED talk, you know, that first thing was live what you love. You know, when you are always going for What you love, the joy or the happiness comes with it. You're not judging, am I happy or not happy? You're, you're, with all the pitfalls along the way, you're being true to your heart and you're going for who you are and how you like it. Because how we all, what we all love and the way that we love it and express it is unique and what that's what's fun about these conversations. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree.
1: I I think that I think we've all experienced um the what's been termed spiritual bypassing which is um in fact um I'm going to get a little salty here for a second but there's a uh, there was a funny bumper sticker that came out that i saw a lot around california at one point where it said nama fucking stay and it had like the hands like the people you know it's easy for people i think i think there's such a fine line a balance that you're going back and you're dipping back and forth into right you're into feeling and and experiencing what's coming at you and then you're also deciding How you're going to experience it and process it and use it. Right. And you can't just not feel and check out by going into, well, you know, like Suki was saying, well, you know, I just have gratitude for everything or everything happens for a reason or any of those sayings that completely negate the real richness of whatever's happening in every facet. And, and that there's been this push towards, you know, that positive thinking and, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I think it's kind of gotten pulled away from, you still experience, you're still supposed to experience everything, right? You're still, you're still having those experiences and you have to have the human aspect of it. But then you also do get to decide what it means for you, right? How do you see the value in it? And how do you, as Jane said, show up and, and choose your life, choose that you want to be here. And how is this going to go into that tapestry of what your life is? And how does that picture get bigger?
2: So... Yeah, and in the, you know, in in the work that I do, when we think about our development and kind of spiritual development, there's always the idea of we want to aim for our higher self, right? And then, but what is that really higher self? Is that just a detachment from what everything everything is going uh, on down here? Is it just that we're saying, oh, we are enlightened, we are up here, we are not connected to, and nothing can can pull us over, nothing can make us emotional. Is, is that really that? Or is it something like the way I would see it, where uh, experiences like you shared earlier, Christine, where you had this moment of crying together with your family in the car, and then suddenly it felt like the spirits moving together and dancing together. That's what I would call an experience of higher self right? That's where something else and beyond the actual emotion of the crying and all that, something else opens up and and starts having wings and connecting. And when we are not the the separated individuals anymore, we are one, right? We are feeling that we're really connected with each other through that opening, right? The, The grief created that opening and the opening creates the connection and that in itself creates that opening towards our own higher self.
3: Mm -hmm. i jump in there too um just to kind of piggyback on the the higher self thing i think what's interesting about that and and to take what christine was saying about the um spiritual bypassing is that um carla when you're talking about higher self i hear like this connected experience this like this greater experience almost like a greater self like an expanded self and, and inclusive of your connection to other people i think a lot of times higher self um, gets used as negating our physical experience as well. Uh, a lot of times, particularly in the spiritual communities, I see it as, uh, excluding the body, ignoring the body, subjugating the body, um, you know, ignoring pain, feeling it, but being, you know, and and there's value to feeling pain and not connecting to it, but kind of almost like dissociating from the physical self, right? So it's, it's not actually being in the experience or being connected to the experience of the body. Um, and, really emotions are felt in the body you know and that's something that we don't talk about much in this culture as well um emotions are concepts they're they're labels that we give to somatic experiences to the to the the feeling the sensory experience in our body it's a subjective interpretation of what we're feeling in our body um so this the spiritual community obviously i'm I mean, I'm a spiritual person. I believe in greater stuff. I have experiences of animal communication of my own, energy healing. I love all of it. Um, But what I find a lot in that community is that it disconnects us from our physical self. And I, you know, there's a a really great book that I love um, called Intelligence in the Flesh," which has a really great history of that. Um, The author talks about how that really has its roots in the church, where you know, in in the olden days, there was this division between soul and body, and the church was like, we'll take soul, and all of you people doing the anatomy dissections and the science stuff, you can have body. And that, in our modern era, has sort of evolved to become a separation between intellect and body, because we don't, you know, particularly in the U.S., there's the separation of church and state, theoretically. Um, And so... We tend to intellectualize our experience rather than in experiencing our experience through the fullness of our humanity, through our physical selves, through our felt sense, through our emotions, through the energy, like all the layers of being human.
1: When I think about the times where
0: things have become quite dark for me internally and interestingly that doesn't always correlate with when things are hard like things could actually have been quite okay but i've gone through periods where it's just like okay my internal world feels whatever it feels restless or you know what whatever that manifestation is taking and i think about the correlations or the the similarities that have been present at that moment it's always that i'm not paying attention and and what i mean by that is it doesn't actually matter what's going on, like whether I label the experience good or bad, right or wrong, difficult or not difficult. The times when it's hard within all of that is when I forget that I have allies in the world. Um, that, and that doesn't necessarily have to take human form. You know, that can be, I forget about taking notice of like what's around me in terms of the trees and the ground under my feet and, you know, taking notice of like when I'm walking through the garden, I just, I stop paying attention. Um, And when I start paying attention, things can be really challenging, Um, but you feel the invisible lines of support that are around you within that place. And for as long as I keep paying attention to those and keep reminding myself of those and keep actively seeking them out as a conscious decision, Everything that happens within that container feels much more bearable, even if it's uh very challenging and um and so that's something that I'm really uh, cultivating a lot personally now, which is no matter how the day might go or how the you know atmosphere of the month might be, I can still take responsibility to continue to consciously cultivate those lines of support that I know are always there that I might forget about on the day-to-day because those are the things that actually like sustain you from one moment to the next um, and that just zoom you out of like your individual moments um, and remind you of like the bigger picture and I always find that to be really sustaining as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's beautiful, Jane. I think we all tend to forget that we are not alone, right, that they, yeah. and there is Something around us, be it like human or whatever else. Yeah. So, so what are others ways like from, from other people in this group? Are there certain ways of how you remind yourself that you're not alone? What do you do when those moments that Jane was describing, where you feel isolated or alone or in the pain or something? What do you do? Where do you reach out to? Are there certain people or certain things you do or, or animals or? Um, kind of a, a spirit you connect to or something. What do you do?
4: Well, I just, first of all, I really relate to what you said, Jane. And I think that when, for me, when my schedule gets busy or hectic or traveling or, you know, I get out of routines or that sort of thing is when I start to notice this, just kind of like this internal buzz of, I mean, I don't I might not even notice it until I notice it. And I I feel um this sense of being disconnected, I think from myself first. And so I really love to um I love to journal in the morning and I love to uh well first of all I I'll tell you about a dream I had a long time ago and then I came up again where it was um people or what it started out with me in the center it was like in a spirit form and there's a big circle around me and the people that they were spirits angels or spirit i think spirit people and they were like you know like clapping supporting me i felt supported But then every person, like if you, if I looked a little more, had their own circle, like they were in their own circle, and all the people were like clapping, you know. And it was like, I have chills now just thinking about it. And I had this dream like years ago, and then I just had it recently again. And it was just this reminder that I'm so supported, and everybody else is so supported. And, um, Anyway, so I just like to journal and I really love and I like to um, just be still and I like to think and write about, you know, what I really love and that my, what's important to me and to remind myself that that brings me joy and it ground, that grounds me. um, I pray. And then um I think like just today when I had that little, well, it's kind of a big thing at the time, whatever that means, you know, just to take the time to just be still and just kind of let it be. And then, you know, to know that whatever will pass, that nothing is going to, I mean, for goodness sakes, it's just construction. It's just like <laughs> I've been complaining about whatever you know it's not going to be there forever but anyway that's the rich part of life and I I think that noticing you know really since the summit um I really have uh in Jane's talk actually noticed more in my body like all the time and my what I teach um I can teach it in not completely in reverse, but how you use your body, how you you can notice emotions, but you can also use your body in a a certain situation if you want to transform that emotion to be more in the present. And so anyway, that was fun. So I feel a lot more connected to my body all the time. So I, I really, I like that. And just trying to use it to, do with it whatever i want to do with it i might stay with it i might not you know it's just i can choose some i i would say to the question
1: about you know what do we do when we feel disconnected or lonely or lost in those moments that what helps me is usually I realize that I'm starting to feel that way because there's a story that's being created around what um, the future is supposed to be, what I have to be responsible for, um, what I have to create, what I have to make happen, what I have to, and there's just all this, I have to, have to, have to, As if I'm operating alone in, in, even in my own inner life and what I'm trying, when I'm trying to be, to make manifest the best version of me that I can with the life I've been given. And it always really settles me and connects me when I can remember that. I am not doing this alone. I could never do this alone. I am never alone because I am connected to source energy, to the universe, to all of you. And if if I remember that and remember that there's a piece of and it's more complicated than this, but to kind of dumb it down. You know, there's a piece of ego behind the ego starts to creep in and says, You, it's you that's doing this and you have to do this. But the best thing that always clears me is to let go and focus on what can I do that's not about me right now, right? Like paying for someone's coffee at Starbucks behind me or like sneak, like, little things like that i'm going to do something nice for someone else and just get out of my own head and remember that i couldn't have created everything in my life if i tried i'm but i can partner in that and i can i can engage in that and i can i can have ideas and dreams and goals while also staying available and open to whatever shows up and i think that one of the things too i'm just going to say this um You know, we're always trying to figure out this human experience. And I heard, I don't know if it's a book or a podcast, but the person said that it is in our DNA that we as humans, we are seekers. And there's a beauty in that because we, that's why we're fascinated with learning. That's why we're fascinated with having new experiences and taking adventures. But the flip side of that is that it can give us a sense of never being satisfied, right? We get to the next thing and we're like, oh, this was the thing that I wanted for so long. And and we kind of have that great moment and we maybe sit in there for a while, but over time, it starts to become commonplace and maybe lose that sparkle. And then we think there's something wrong with us. Like, why can't we just be happy? with what we have. But that seeking part is what's created so much in the world, right? Because we we have that restlessness that wants to keep experiencing. And you know, um I don't know if you guys ever read Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estés. I may have botched her name, but she talks about the life death life cycle and she says Everything is either growing or dying. And I think that that aspect, if, you know, when you look at things like that's why we're always, we maybe become bored with things and then we need, because we need to keep growing. And when you can understand things, sometimes it can also help release that may be anxiety or more or restrictive feelings you might have around that aspect of yourself or life.
3: That actually brings up a question for me um, that I come to a lot in my work with myself, um, my personal and my professional work, as Jane also said. Um, and that is how do we continue growing without crossing the line into The exploitation of productivity and hustle culture, right? So I see a lot of, um, like, I I completely agree. Like, I feel so happy when I'm accomplished in my life. Like, accomplished is my favorite emotion. It's my most useful emotion. Like, when I feel, and I mean, it can be as simple as just getting the dishes clean, you know, or like creating a class for a group of people or working with a client um, or, you know, some big milestone as well. Like it's not scale. It's just, I love feeling accomplished. And also, and this might be just because I have been mostly self-employed for my entire adult life, um, in the United States, (laughs) there, there can be a real challenge in not commercializing every aspect of my growth and my accomplishment. And like, where does that line get drawn? And I, I don't know that there's an easy answer. It's just a question that comes up for me and something that I talk about with friends, with clients, with mentors. Like, this is just a thing that I constantly circle around to, um, particularly in the age of like social media where everything is sort of like, you know, if you don't have it on Instagram or Facebook, it didn't happen kind of a thing. Picture it didn't happen. Um, and I've noticed too that. That aspect of it can sort of cheapen the sense of accomplishment of like, you know, I'm not a huge social media and I'm on social media, but it's not, not hugely entwined with it. And at the same time, I noticed that if if I do something and I post a picture, sometimes there can almost be a deflation of the feeling of accomplishment um, in the experience of sharing it that way. Um, so I think, I think this is kind of like a broader question that I just sit with. I just, you know, because of what you were talking about, I kind of wanted to presence it. I'm definitely interested in hearing everyone's thoughts about that.
2: Yeah, I love that, Suki. It's, you know, that's such a big thing for, I mean, all of us, we've, we've built businesses, right? So, so we are, we are like power women who are, who are really building things and we get things going. And if we didn't have this drive also from that productivity, we'd probably not be here, right? So, so I think that's, that is, that is definitely there for me. Absolutely totally resonate with what you're saying. And then there is that fine line between seeking right seeking for fulfillment and self-development and kind of grasping on the on the thing right grasping on getting this done and grasping on achieving this or that so so yeah I think there's really a fine line I'm I'm interested to hear other people's thoughts on that too my
1: thoughts on that unless Barb you want to talk is that
0: um so when we think about overproductivity or like getting on that train of like needing to produce, to me that's synonymous with exhaustion. Like it's that it kind of goes to that place. And I heard a really beautiful quote recently. Um, I think it was from John O'Donohue, who's an Irish poet who has passed away. Um, but I could be misquoting it and uh, or misattributing it. And it is the opposite of exhaustion is not rest. The opposite of exhaustion is wholeheartedness. And to me, that really rings true in terms of if I'm sharing from a place of being willing to lose, then I know it's coming from a place of truthfulness. And what I mean by that is, I can post online um, my thoughts and my learnings and observations, and for the most part, that will come from a place of like this is what I've shared, and you can take it or leave it. I don't, you don't. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not trying to uh, bring you into my world in any way that is uh, that is not the motivating seed. This is just what's here, and let's play with this when I get to the place of I should be posting on my business page, I should be doing this, I, I haven't done this, that is coming from a different propulsive force. And I equally step into both of them. And I have been practicing not allowing myself to fall into that channel. Um, And I think that the only way that you learn to which is ongoing to navigate that line is by getting it wrong <laughs> where you're like, actually, gosh, like I am tired. Like I feel the the sharing of this isn't cyclic. And I think that's where the whole hardness piece comes in is when I'm teaching from a place of wholeheartedness, the energy of sharing is renewing. I feel energized by what I'm doing. And for the most part, that is really true for what goes on. And when it's not true, then I know, huh, okay, like there's something else that's um, motivating this, which again, for all of us, you know, being self-employed comes from a real place, which is my creative energies are what feeds my family, (laughs) you know, like, so that's real as well. Like there is a, there is a thing behind that. And I think there are survival needs that are met by our work. Um, And so it's natural that the line between those two forces gets blurred at times because we are part of a society that you, we're part of a situation where what we do is directly correlated to income and, and so it's um on a creative level and so it's uh it, it's a dance for sure <laughs> i don't know that i have the answer but that's my those are my thoughts about it i just notice that quality within me and i attempt to do it differently and i don't always get it right um yeah
2: What 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 I hear say, Jane, is that you go with the idea of what brings you joy as well, right? When you're doing things, does that bring you joy to share something on Facebook with your community? Is that like really coming from that place of, yes, you actually really want to do it, right? Opposed to, I got to get this done. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. And interestingly enough, that's what, sorry, that's what, creates more of what you're desiring when you're not from that place anyway, because the energy is naturally magnetizing, you know, like people are interested when you're interesting and that comes from being interested in what you're uh, talking about. So it's this, it's kind of this weird binary of like, when you really want people to be interested and you try to cultivate from that place, it's not that interesting. (laughs)
2: Um. <laughs> yeah it's it's the enthusiasm that's contagious right when you come from that enthusiasm and that wanting to share and wanting to connect people and wanting to connect to people as well that's that's what's contagious and what attracts people yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah
1: I, I, all i was going to say was i think that the intentionality behind what we're talking about right because you can have you know you can have different seasons like it could be a season for you of work which means that in this season, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my energy, I'm investing energy in a larger way right now, because what that's going to lead to is maybe more time with my family, you know, or the ability to, to learn more in my field and take those courses or do those experiences. Um, And the more that I can use my energy and use the energy around me to create, the more energy coming in means the more energy going out. You know, there's this, this woman I love, she's called the spiritual investor. And, you know, if you think of, you know, making a living, like you said, you know, generating, um, your financial health as being, energy, like money is energy, then the idea being that you don't want to look at it as something that's supposed to come to you to die, right? Like where you collect it and say, look at it like um, you're a conduit, right? Because what I bring in means that then maybe I can take Jane's course, right? I I can then send the energy her way. I send the energy out into all the things that matter to me and, and mean something to me in my community and in my life. And, and that feeds other things, right? So you, and I bring this up to you because sometimes we can have a lot of blocks in there about, you know, worthiness and, and, um, and what, what we deserve or, or, or what this means to be this or that. And it's always important, I think, to balance and really look at and, and question ourselves to see, do we have any blocks in there? You know, is there anything, any pre-existing ideas that might be blocking what's trying to emerge through me?
4: Um, yeah. For me, you know, I've spent a long time. <laughs> uh just working hard, you know, as a horse trainer, working hard for years and just the nature of traveling to all the shows and competing and all that. And then also I was doing this, my other work also, cause I loved it so much. And then I stopped the training in 2018 and now I'm still working hard. I'm just not, you know, just in a different way, but you know, I just have really been working on the same issue, Suki. And um I want what I do in my during my days to be to bring me to be joyful, or I want to do it with a joyful heart. So I have decided, you know, not that everything is joyful, I don't mean that, but you know, when I decide what to do, or something? I know a project's going to take a lot of time and a lot of energy. I just think, you know, what is the reason beyond, you know, working for income, which that's a good reason, but do you do this? And it's just because I'm sharing my brand, my by brand, I don't mean Barbara Schultz, my what I know to be helpful for whoever is attracted to it you know it's like not right or wrong or anything it's whoever is attracted and when i go back to that you know for my my purpose for doing it it really helps to to ground me and go yeah you know this is worth and i also have been asking a lot for simplicity you know like I want to see things with the projects I want to do. I want to see them from like the simplest way I can produce them or, I mean, create them and get and get them um, in front of people. And when it comes to social media, I would just soon not, I mean, it's not that I don't like connecting with friends, but I don't. I mean I like seeing other people's things but it's kind of like you know who cares if I did x y or z you know I get I mean I I love I have I have always loved the intimacy of like small groups like this or my closest friends or you know I have a thing with people who take courses it's called a circle of trust and we invite people and all those people become friends and they do interviews once a month or so. And, and all those people all from the courses, they are friends, you know, and I I'm in that group and it's like, I love to go to that group because I, you know, I feel like they know me and I know some, you know, I know them and it feels so good, but I've just decided that I'm letting go of, I'm trying to be more consciously aware of things that I create that make things more complicated, or I create complications around them or the story I tell myself, and um I just think of ease and simplicity, and i'm i'm uh I'm doing a little better, I think I'm not as crazed or I don't feel as as something I feel better, so it's a great comment though so be yeah, great,
2: yeah. Love it too. We've, we've got a few more minutes left. Are there any closing thoughts anyone would like to bring before we wrap up?
0: I've
1: got one. That yes, Jane, go ahead.
0: Pounced into my brain space um, that kind of flips what I was talking about before, and it actually came from a conversation I was having with Rupert Isaacson, and I was talking to him. We were talking through a um Something that was going on for me, and it was really thorny and challenging, and and we were riffing together about it, and uh, and he was obviously like presenting possibilities for the future, and in that situation, I must have been going, oh yeah, but oh yeah, but, and he said, you know what, Jane? He's like, don't argue against your own happiness, <laughs> and that phrase, I've just held up as like it's in neon lights above my computer. Uh, it's not really, but like in my brain, it is because it was such a beautiful phrase and we do it so often, you know, in the stories we tell ourselves, we, you know, and, and I mean, by flipping this on its head, it's like to say, it's not all happiness. Absolutely. But often we argue against the possibility of it being easier or it being simpler or it being happier or of it being more joyful by going, oh yeah, but that's not going to happen because of this or yes, but um and we don't allow that to exist along with these possibilities and so for me that's something I've really been noticing the moments when I argue against myself and it's like why would you go to bat for that like is that actually what you want to bat for (laughs) um and it's been really helpful in clarifying some of the stories that I might spin um or some of the excuses that I bring up that are just old stuff and I think again yeah why am I arguing for that like what of what benefit is that and we all kind of do that um yeah i yeah so that was my my thought
2: (laughs) yeah beautiful yeah and i think it's you know we started with happiness right and now we're ending with happiness and what that means so (laughs) so that's perfect (laughs) that's just wonderful so thanks thanks everyone for this beautiful conversation today was really fantastic to connect to everyone
0: Thank you so much. I so enjoy hanging out with you all. It's a real privilege. I know.
1: Advice. I Thank wish we were all at like the dinner table. We could take this conversation for another two hours.
4: <laughs> I know. It's just so. Um, I'm so grateful. I start to get that lump in my throat, like that wonderful, good lump. I'm so grateful to get to know you all. You know, I just, I, I just am so. Me too.